All right, very good. I'm super excited to have our family service this morning. Uh, there's going to be some more things. Kids, I'm going to need your help at some point, so I'm going to ask you for that. So be ready, and guys, be ready for whatever that means. I, I don't, I'm not completely sure. Let's, uh, let's pray this morning. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for the beautiful sunshine and somewhat tame weather we have this morning. And uh, we pray for our time together that it would be uh, a blessing, that it would be beneficial, that it would be for everyone, and they would hear from you and no one else. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. So even with our family service, we're going through uh, different parables of Jesus. And uh, today we are talking about ask, seek, and knock. But something that I think uh, Jim really hit on last week uh, that I think we need to go into all of these parables is you can't just read the parable by itself. More times than not, if you read a parable by itself in its own little paragraph that we have, you're missing a lot of of the story. You're missing a lot of what's trying to be uh, conveyed. So before we actually read uh, the parable today, just the, the parable is in Luke chapter 11, if you have an old-fashioned uh, paper Bible and you wanted to go there. Uh, but uh, just before we get to Luke 11, we have Luke 10. And what happens at the end of Luke 10 is, I like to say, that this is the episode where Jesus is dealing with Martha and Mary. And he, if you're not familiar, you don't remember, uh, he goes to Martha and Mary's house, and, and uh, one of them is is, is uh, busy cleaning and prepping and making sure everything's perfect for Jesus to honor him and glorify him and make sure he feels loved and welcomed. And the other one is just sitting there. Mary is just sitting there with Jesus and just soaking up all that he is and all that he has. And Martha getting super frustrated to the point where, where she looks at Jesus and she's like, aren't you going to say something? So now it's Jesus' responsibility to straighten out Mary. So she's, she, Martha says, listen, I'm over here. I'm doing all of this stuff. Jesus, can you be the adult here and ask her to come help me? Hmm. Don't we do that with Jesus sometimes? Jesus, are you even watching with where the world is? Can you fix this, please? And though Martha rebukes Jesus uh, at such an injustice that's happening, if you were to read it, uh, he actually responds affectionately. When you see Jesus talk to somebody uh, and say their name twice, that's an indicator from, from the older tradition that that's an affectionate response. So where I would read it, be like, Martha, Martha! Super frustrated. Jesus is like, Martha, Martha, chill out. So he responds affectionately to her and his response. This is not the, the whole story, but this is the context where he, he tells Martha, listen, you both are doing amazing things. Now re- recognize that. He doesn't say Mary's doing a good thing and Martha's doing a bad thing. Sometimes we like to separate those two or like to make that distinction where Jesus is saying you're doing the wrong thing and you're doing the right thing. But he says that they're both doing good things, but one of the two ladies is doing the best thing. It captured the important thing, and that she was soaking it up with Jesus. So that's, that's a context going into this that, that we really need to, to lock in to, for the context for everything else to understand that what you do for Jesus physically or what you learn about him intellectually, doesn't, if it doesn't bring you to love him more relationally and intimately, then something's disconnected. That's really the, the whole premise of, of, of this parable is talking about how we respond, how we communicate, how we interact really uh, with Jesus. So if you know great things about him, 
but that doesn't move you to have a deeper relationship with him. Something's, something's missing. So that is the context going into our passage today. So we're going to look in uh, Luke chapter 11. It says, one day he was praying in a certain place. Now let me ask you, how many of you have people in your life, whether it's friends or family, that after you're done spending time with them, you are spent? Just being around them, you need to go recharge someplace. (laughs) I'd like to ask you who that is, but I'm not willing to tell you who that is, so it doesn't matter. Um, But I'm assuming that at this point, I'm reading into the text. I'm exegeting, so you can just omit this. Uh, that, that Martha was one of those people where after he spent some time, he's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anybody. I just need some time to recharge. And that's exactly what he, he did. He went to a certain place, and he's praying. So it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, I've never gone to this text in this way, but reading it in this time, preparing for today, uh, I'm a little confused. I'm confused for a few uh, reasons. Um, First of all, what they're saying is, Jesus, can you be more like John? John had disciples. John did a lot of things with his disciples. He did awesome things. He taught them so much. Can Can you be more like John? Now, John wouldn't be John without Jesus, so it's kind of, kind of odd, but they're asking Jesus to be more like John. I would have been offended, but Jesus, again, is much better than I am and responds uh, effective, uh, affectionately. And the way this is, uh, by the time this chapter is written, you've got to understand, back in chapter 5 of how Luke writes it, that's when Jesus starts recruiting disciples. Okay, So let's take just that as a starting point. Chapter 5 to chapter 11 there's a bunch of things that have happened. So, you know, we're not going to go through everything, but between chapter 5 and chapter 11, his disciples had seen Jesus heal people. Uh, uh, the disciples had seen Jesus forgive sins. Uh, had seen him clash and go face-to-face with the most important leaders of the day. He, they had seen people brought back to life. Try to soak that in for a second. He had seen Jesus feed thousands with a single Lunchables. <laughs> Peter, James, and John witnessed Jesus' glory on the mountain at his transfiguration. They'd seen demons cast out. And in, in chapter 10, just before this is written, Jesus commissions 72 other disciples and sends them out. And only at this point are they asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. How? I don't have the answer here, but how is that possible? For us, don't we start that right away? Don't, don't, don't we initiate that as like the basics? And I'm not saying Jesus did things wrong or he forgot. He's like, oh man, I just skipped over so many things. But that's something to think about. That's a question that, that I would like for you to wrestle with and tell me because I don't understand exactly why. But the truth is, they didn't know how to pray till this point but I doubt this is the first time they heard and saw Jesus pray. Now, this is a big point, though, that that Jesus wasn't even alone when he prayed. Like, he was probably, you know, maybe he wasn't right next to them, but it says right when he was finished, they had asked him. So they were waiting for him to be done so that they could ask him. So he's praying. He's not doing it by himself in a closet with a shut door. And this is probably not the first time. Now, this is important, and this is why I think it's important, because what this means is that prayer doesn't actually come naturally. 
How many of you feel guilty over how you pray or don't pray? How many of you feel guilty that the first response sometimes in the morning isn't me and God time? Or even when you pray, or how you pray, or the words that you use. Like, it's not always your gut reaction, or you walk away from a conversation with somebody thinking, why didn't I just pray with them? And I think that there's room for a little bit of grace, because the disciples that had seen people rise from the dead, demons physically cast out, Jesus do amazing things, and they still weren't really sure. So give yourself some grace. Now, directly following this exchange of teaching his disciples how to pray, Jesus shares uh, this parable with them. Now, as we go and we go to read the parable, we we need to to think about this as we're reading, to, to help hopefully process and anchor our thoughts that how we pray reflects and informs our understanding, our relationship with God. So with that, what, I, what I'd like to say here is that we should give it some thought. Like the disciples, if they never asked, they never would have really gotten it. But they did ask. And at some point, eventually, they, they got it. So if, you're, if, in, if you and in, in your life and your relationship with God, prayer takes the third back seat, we need to bump it up a little bit. Because how you pray and how you actually connect and talk with God and and share your thoughts and emotions and desires, how you do or don't do that reflects how you actually feel about your relationship with God. That's a big piece. Okay. Now let's read the parable. Then Jesus said, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up. This is the message version, so I I think some things might be missing. And I don't have a thing on hand. This is the the person that has the house that the person says, I don't have anything for you. The friend answers from his bed, don't bother me, for the door is locked, my children are all down for the night, and I can't get up to give you anything. Now let's put a modern context to this. Let's imagine that you had a, it's Friday, okay, specifically Friday. You had a long day at work, you come home. You cook, you, you clean, you do whatever normally happens when you come home. If you have kids, you, you, you finally have your kids to bed. Now, I don't know what it is about Friday nights, but, but kids don't like going to bed at Friday nights, especially on time. So you finally got your kids to bed, and now it's you time. And you have all these thoughts and these plans. Okay, I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to rearrange this. I'm going to set this up for tomorrow because tomorrow's my day off. I'm going to have some awesome things happen. I might even try to cook this now and let it be in the slow cooker overnight. And then finally you sit down and all of those plans just go right out the window. Because you're done. You're exhausted. You lay down. And what happens? Your phone starts going off. Someone's calling you. You look at it. And your first thought isn't, oh, I really should talk to them. Your first thought is, why don't they know I'm already in bed and don't want to talk to anybody? You're mad at the person calling you. So then you, there we go. Hey, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> and God's timing. Tell you what, but he's answering it. This bad friend did not answer it. Okay. So doesn't answer, <laughs> doesn't pick up. And then it goes off again. This person keeps calling you and you're, th- and you're wondering what could they possibly want? It doesn't matter. I'm done. I'm off the clock. And then they start texting you, and that, that ringtone goes off. Then your messenger's blowing up. Instagram's blowing up. Now you're getting a call from your mom because they called your mom to try to get to you. Has that ever happened to any of that happened? Anyway. 
Sorry, Ma. Um, how frustrated and annoyed would, would you be? Okay. Now, as we continue, let me just take this out. We're gonna get we're gonna get into it, and we're we're hopefully really almost done here. It would take a lot for you to have all of your plans. You just want to sleep for someone, a special someone, to really get in the door, correct? And and with this parable, as we continue to read here in a second, it's it's going to be a point, but I want to say it twice. So this is the first time, and I'll say it again. This is not. This is not a comparing. Uh, this is not a comparing between people and God, but it's a contrast. We're going to come back to that. Okay. I'm just getting this passage up. I'm going to read this piece to you. All right. Loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. This is now in verse 7. It says, then this friend will answer from the inside and say, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are all in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. So I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Okay? Imagine being to the point of so frustrated, so wanting not to be bothered in your covers, that you will do anything just to have the silence so you go and you get up your friend. Now, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that could be talked about here. We're not going to talk about everything. But the expectation back in this day, day or night, when somebody visited your house, whether you knew them, whether you don't know them, the expectation was to be hospitable. And what hospitality means is much different than what it means today. All the choice stuff goes out for that guest. Because whatever you're putting out, however you respond to somebody coming to your house, is actually a reflection not of you and your family, but your entire community. So imagine having that on your plate every time someone bothers you that you didn't want to bother you. Okay? So, but it says, even at that frustration, this person got up and gave them whatever they needed. Now, there's this special word, and kids, I'm going to need your help in just a minute. Okay? Uh, When we have this word uh, in the Greek, it's called anideia. I butchered it, but that's what it is, okay? It says shameless, shamelessness or boldness. Jess, if you want to uh, start to come up, and then the kids are going to come up uh, in just a second. So this word is shamelessness um, and boldness in, in the message. Uh, they put it this way, but let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground, okay? Uh, so kids... You can see Miss Jess or Pastor Steve. They have these question mark stickers. And I need you to help give those to everybody in the church. Can you do that? Can you do that? All right. So come see uh, Miss Jess. Pastor Steve has some stickers. All of you guys get question stickers because that's the kind of Sunday it is. Everybody gets stickers. Okay. So while they're doing that, I'm going I'm to keep going. The message says to stand your ground. That's how the message puts this word in, in, the, in the scripture. The, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bibles, puts it, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, right? Okay, so we put them both together. The King James Version uses importunity. 
And I just wanted to throw that in there for King James folks because I don't, I don't use it that way, but it's in there. And then the New International Version, I, the, I don't like that version for a lot of reasons, but I love it for how it puts this. It uses this word as shameless audacity. So with shameless audacity, this first friend came to his friend's house and asked for stuff, asked for food, was, was hungry, needed things, but didn't need things. You know, visiting anybody in the middle of the night unannounced is always a no-no, even in the Bible. That's what we're, that's what we're learning. It's never a good idea to go unannounced, let alone asking for food, okay? Uh, so with shameless audacity, this first friend went asking, seeking, knocking for something. And the answer was no. But that wasn't enough. This friend kept going with their shameless audacity. So without any fear of the consequences, without any, any thought or any regard to what could happen if I pester this friend for so long, kept asking and asking and asking and wouldn't stop. Some commentators say that what this means is they would even go to the neighbor's house to knock and get them up to wake up their friend to come get stuff. Like the shameless audacity that you're asking for something at this time from this person is just mind-blowing. And and to be fair, our children have a lot of shameless audacity a lot of the time. Such a perfect illustration. They don't have any regard for where you are or who's around you, what the volume, what the social cues are. They will walk on benches. They will ask you for snacks in the middle of communion. They will, they will ask for the playground while you're praying. That type of shameless audacity, they'll come up on stage. It doesn't matter, okay? They don't care. And that's, oh, thank you. Oh, see, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I, I didn't plan this. I didn't. Um, <laughs> we left room for this. Was... So if you completely disregard any consideration for the consequences, eventually you will get something. Man. And that's, that's how this friend came to the friend's house and eventually got... Well, there's a similar story uh, of the widow and the judge uh, and just pestering, pestering, and finally getting uh, what she needed. I'm trying to make sure that I don't go too far, too fast. But like I said before, that this is not a comparison, but a con- Did we forget a sticker? We, guys, guys, I gave you a job. So we need a sticker. Who's going to give Barry a sticker? Thank you for speaking up. This is unjust, and I will not allow it, Barry. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, Miss Laurie needs a sticker. <laughs> Gotta love it. Wow, on the head. Way to be creative. You know, way to really engage in Family Sunday. Jim, Jeff, Barry, you guys are legends. All right. I'm not responsible for what the kids do now. I'm just, I'm here to rile them up. Um, Now, this is not a comparison, but it's a contrast. Because the context of what we're talking about is, again, this is coming after the, 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 the episode with Martha and Mary. Okay. Then the next part, which I wish I could go into, uh, Jesus. They ask Jesus how to pray, and they, they, he says, "Pray like this." Then we go into the Lord's Prayer. Okay. 
So this is, it's, it's more than fair to say this is in the context, this parable is in the context of your prayer, your relationship, how you communicate, how you engage with Jesus. But this is how people operate. If you bother them long enough, eventually you'll get a response. If you're out on the street and you bother the wrong person, you might get a different response, but you will get a response. And even with your friends, if you bother them, if you get on their nerves, even people you, you know, you're kind of acquaintances with, if you pester them long enough, long enough, you're going you're gonna to get an answer. But again, this is not a comparison, but a contrast. This is how people operate. So then Jesus steps it up a notch in, in, in finishing or, or adding to this parable. He says, if your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him? With a live snake on his plate. If you guys ask for lunch, hey, Mar, Mill, Cyrus, everybody, if, if you ask for lunch and mommy gave you like a snake, would that be a good thing? No. What if they gave you a bowl of sand? No. Do you guys eat sand on purpose? Accidentally all the time, but do you guys eat sand on purpose? No. So, talking, what Jesus is doing now is he's pulling in this familial aspect. Because this isn't just stranger to stranger. This isn't just friend to friend. Now we're talking family. It says, if your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? No. No. As bad as you are, Jesus says, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own Children. So if some of you this whole time thinking, nope, I've turned my phone off, uh, I don't even sleep near the door so I wouldn't hear anything, I sleep like a log, if someone calls me after hours, I would, nothing would get me up. Well, Jesus says, well, okay, let me talk specifically to you then, and puts this familiar. Even the most wicked, evil people treat their family differently, treat their children differently. And here's where the contrast comes in. And don't you think... The Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit when you ask him. So it's not, well, people like, are like this and God is like this. It's even if people, even at their worst, know how to respond to someone who's asking and seeking and knocking with shameless audacity, how much more would a loving Father, our God, Jesus, respond in love and grace and mercy to you when you ask him for something. How much more? Hmm. Now, this, this is really is one of the most misunderstood passages, parables in, in Scripture because people compare. See, this is people versus God, but it's people have that little nugget of love in there even when they're at their worst. And how much more does God in responding to you? I love it. Now, what, what's being defined here, and we're, again, we're almost done, what's being defined here is what it means to ask. Now, the parable didn't go, a friend went to a friend's house, knocked, no answer, and went home. We like to do that. We like to say, God, can, can you help me out with this? All right, forget it. This isn't worth it. Or we, or we pray for just maybe a week, and when we think about it. We don't get an answer. We don't get an answer that we like. And we're like, man, God's just not listening. If you don't do that, you at least know somebody that does that or has done that. So, I, I, kids, I got one, I got something else for you. 
Um, I have uh, these magnifying glasses. So any, any willing and able child, you're able to come back up here. Because I don't want you sitting for too long. We've got to warm up those legs. Come on. I need you guys to get this, these magnifying glasses. We have enough magnifying for, glasses for all kids and those who still identify as kids. So we have extras. Okay. So once you have a magnifying glass, I need you to sit in this front row. Sit in this front row right over here. I'm going to tell you what to do. We even have music to make it extra intense. All right, you know what we're going to do with these? All right, everybody, eyes on me. Eyes on me, eyes on me. You have a job to do. I need you with those magnifying glasses to find army men, little toys. Kind of like this one right here. I need you guys to find this. On your mark, get set, go. I need you to find as many army men as possible. I see some, I see some, I see some. On the stage, do you see any? If you see them, grab them. Well, don't grab all of them. See, grab, you see some? Look at that, look at that. Good job holding, look at that, she's holding with one and going with, I wouldn't have thought to do that. You're good. You're, you're awesome, that one's mine, by the way. You're just doing a great job. And now, yes, you don't like them? There's too many? You want to give some? I'll take all, I'll take whatever you don't want. Oh, okay. I'll, you want me to hold them for you? Oh, now you're just giving them back? All right, you're not playing for that. Awesome. Whatever you want to keep, you can keep. Can we have a round of applause? Because they found all of them, uh, I think. All right, you guys can go back. You can keep the, keep the magnifying glass, bring them back. Good job. You can keep them. Army men, go ahead. Good job. You can play with them. I'm just going to put those there. Um, good job. Now, you see what they did there? Not a single one of these kids stopped at just one army man. With shameless audacity, even though I didn't tell them what the rules were or weren't, they just kept going. They found one. They found two. They found three. They just kept going. They didn't stop. They kept knocking. They kept seeking. Now, seeking, there's a bunch of different definitions out there. But there, when you seek, there's a desire to get something. And you keep going until you get it. Now, that is in the context of prayer, friends and family. It's not, it's not oh, I think there's one there. Oh, it's, uh, okay, it's too far. No, you keep, you keep going. This is the context, and the context of this, I keep using that word a lot. I don't know a better word. The context of this, this is for the believers. This is for God's children. By the end of that, he talks father, daughter, son. He's talking to his children. So as his children, we have the opportunity to continue with shameless audacity, knock, seek, ask. And how how does this end? Verse 9, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I like how the, the message puts it. It says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for Do any of you beat around the bush with God? As if he doesn't already know what's in your head and your heart? 
You feel really selfish for asking for that certain thing, but you really want it, and you're trying to go every way to get that one thing that you want. God, I know, you know, I know your will be done and all that, and, and, and if, there's, if there's any room in your will for me to get something that I actually want, is there any possible way that maybe I don't get the whole thing, but a little bit, be straight with God. Knock on the door. Don't think about knocking on the door. Don't grab like a bush and just scrape the door with it, hoping that he'll hear it. Shameless audacity, go before the Lord and pray. So a lot of things happen in this, in this parable. But I want you to make sure to capture this promise. He says, ask and you will get. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. There's not, it's not even a guessing game. There's not even a 50-50 thing going on. It's not, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray all week, and hopefully that gives me something. If not, I'll just try again. If we take just a, just a smidgen, you like that word? Smidgen of their shameless audacity. And don't stop until we find. Keep looking, keep going, keep grasping, keep knocking, keep sinking. Sinking. Seeking. Thank you, Lord. The door is going to be open. There's not a question, but we question it. We add to that. We add all the different things to apply to this. We knock, seek, ask, and we need to go to two Bible studies this week. And we need to have tracks in our back pocket. And we need to do this, that, and the other thing. We add to it. But God's already written in the promise. Now there's one more thing for you kids for, uh, to come on up. We got one more gift for everybody. This is, so the, these are the three. This was, Pastor Steve gave me this idea. Uh, the, the ask, seek, and knock. So first we had, everybody has a question mark. Remind you to ask. Seek these kids. This was just for them, but they got the magnifying glasses and they, they performed well. They did not disappoint. They, they sought it all and took it all. And the last, we have these little door knockers for you to remember the door is always going to be open to you. I think it's pretty awesome that these door knockers say, Jesus is my jam. Uh, and these are for you. You guys can color. All the kids, if you want to come back up, I need your help passing out these door knockers to the church because we want everyone to remember that God's not going to slam the door in their faces, that God doesn't work like that. God doesn't even need the coercing that the friend needed. Again, that's how people operate. God operates with love and grace and mercy towards his children. And I hope that as we, as we go forward, as you begin to, to, to try to pray, listen, if you're worried about what you're asking God, remember this. He gave you the best gift he has to offer before you even cared about it. Don't worry, I'll say it again. I'll say it again. <laughs> Good job. Man, she's always taking care of you. She's, I don't know. I don't get it, but... Uh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say that last part one more time. You're worried about what you're asking God for, whatever it is. Maybe you're, maybe you're looking for an answer to an unsolved mystery in your life. Why did this person do that? Why did this person treat me this way? Why didn't I have that opportunity? Why is this the path that my life is headed down? 
Remember that he gave you the greatest gift that he even has before you cared about it. He gave Jesus for you. Thank you, Cyrus. Thank you. He gave Jesus for you or me before we saw him out. And that's what blows me away about this being for, this parable is for those that believe, for disciples, for those that believe in Jesus. Because this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, God, uh, are, you, are, you, are you real? Are you out there? Like, we need, people need to ask those questions. But he's talking to people that are his, that he already gave the best and most for. And we know this because he, people that don't know God don't seek after him. We know that. Scripture's very clear about that. So, if you're worried about what you're asking God for, what is responsibility? Remember, he already gave you the greatest gift. He already opened the door. It says, asking, you will get. You already got the best thing you could ask for. If you seek and you will find the most intense thing you could ever look for, he already gave you. And whatever you're wanting, he's, the door's going to be open. It isn't wishful thinking, and it's not a maneuver for him to get us to leave us alone, for him to get us to leave him alone. He's not just, all right, fine, fine, leave me alone. Again, that's how people operate. That's how the friend operated. All right, here's the food, just get out. How the unjust, how the judge operated with, with the widow. All right, fine, 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 just get out of my face. But again, that's how people operate. It's not how God operates, amen? amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time. We pray that you would just help us remember this. Apply this the next time we go to pray. The next time we, we have this, this guilt or the shame, would you bring us to have shameless audacity when we come before you? And would you ask us, I mean, would you bring us to ask you boldly? Would you bring us to actually value our time of asking and seeking and knocking with you rather than being afraid of it? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.